guest. Howdy. How are you today? I get to talk to you again. I know this is so nice. It has been a hot minute, as we say in Philadelphia. It's been <laughs> it's been a hot minute, John, since I've seen y'all. Um, so Ralph is a member of a Orglava um, kindred that I am also an associate member of. Yes, Distal Fink Sipshaft. Did I get it? Yes, you are a member. You're an associate member of Distal Fink Sipshaft. Yes, yes, but, yes, yes. I'm not letting you go yet. So I I know Ralph through that kindred and my dear friend Rob, who I also interviewed early on in the podcast, um, is one of the founding members of Orglava. So it's a group that I hold near and dear to my heart, though I don't often have a lot of time to participate. But the thing that I love about Orglava, and I'm sure Ralph can speak to this, is the inclusivity. And also, I, I meant to mention this when I was interviewing a friend recently, that I've come to Rob many times and had reservations about not fully being able to commit to the heathen path. And he's always said to me, that's fine. You don't have to. Like, it's not all in. And that's what I love about the group. And I, I would love to hear your um, reaction to that or take on that, because I think that's something that really sets Orglava apart from other um, groups that I've experienced in many different religions or, you know, social groups. I loved that about Rob. He said, you know, there's many people that are involved that are not 100% heathen. And I really appreciated that a lot. And I know, um, sorry, <laughs> I know with Michelle as well, she's also um, belongs to a coven. I'm not sure if she still does, but so she has sort of. Two of the other God's folk in Distal Thing are also members. Well, I mean, they're members of the same coven, but it's, it's a complementary tradition where it's yeah. more of a traditional eclectic Wiccan thing as opposed to like a heathen thing. Yeah. Two practices mesh well together. Yes, indeed. It's just they walk alongside each other. They don't try to bring everything in. And that, I mean, that's really the key to the inclusive, inclusivity with Orglova. You can have, you know, dual trads to use the technology, you know, the technological framework for it. You can have two paths that you walk that can be together and mesh well, as long as you're recognizing where they work well together and where they're, they're different. I mean, you could be a Rastafarian who also mm -hmm. understands the Orglova concepts and have parts of those mesh well together, but you also need to realize where they split apart and not try to force the two together where they don't necessarily mesh, um, which is fascinating because it opens up so many different options. It's, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm a, a, a priest, you know, I'm, I'm clergy in Orglova, but a lot of what I also do is not necessarily Orglova. It's not necessarily, you know, part of Braukerai training or Hexerai training. A lot of it is just, you grow up and it's, you know, mountain magic or stuff that's very similar to what you see down in Appalachia, like Byron does. Mm -hmm. And it's just the folk stuff that comes up that isn't necessarily part of like Orglova the religion. That, that's the other key. Orglova is a religious theory. It's not necessarily a full-on magical practice. Right. That's so very true. Yeah. It's like theory. So you could be a druid mm -hmm. and an Orglover and the two are different and you could be, you know, you, you could do 
druidry as your magical practice, mm -hmm. but work with the Herbal Over Deities because you believe in the religious practice. So it, it, it meshes really well. And the inclusivity also, it's funny because it's, we're, we're still trying to figure out all the, the research on this, but in a lot of the old interviews, sorry, cat. No, <laughs> no, just pay attention to me. Um, there's actually, there's, there's research that's shown that there were more than two genders recognized in Hexerai. And I'm like, um, okay, this, yeah, again, with me finding Orlova was more about, oh, all of this stuff that I grew up with that I didn't really understand that was just like, oh, the things that you do or the things that you know, suddenly it makes sense because it's part of something that I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. It's part of something greater. It's not just stuff. I mean, growing up, my, my grandmother was like, oh yeah, the thunders of the gods bowling. The gods, not god bowling. It is right. And I'm like, it, it didn't make any, it, that's just how it was. It didn't seem odd to me that my, my good UCC grandmother was talking about <laughs> multiple gods bowling. It was just, that's how it was, you know? Yeah. All the on her bedspread when make, making it snow, that's just how it was. And then suddenly you, you find out that it's more than just like old wives tales. And it's like, oh, suddenly things make more sense. Yeah, that's so fascinating. So you know, things were infused in your childhood that then probably when you heard um, of the traditions with the gods and goddesses that they probably just made so much sense and it was really familiar to you. And, and I definitely feel that familiarity. I'm not sure what holds me back, but I have commitment issues. So, I mean, it's funny, Rob and I will make jokes because now I've known him now for, oh my goodness, let me think. So long, eight years, it must be. <laughs> Like, I don't know, maybe we need to be courting for 10 years for me to finally bite the bullet. But to be honest with you, I think the thing that the silver lining or many of many silver linings with quarantine is um, not being able to gather has made me yearn for gathering so much that I feel like it's going to become such a priority when we're able to again, that I know, you know, for myself, at least that, you know, I'm going to stop making excuses and, and prioritize that because I always leave the gatherings with y'all feeling like my cup has been filled and feeling so good and so recharged. And it never feels like there's never been a part of it that I'm like, oh, I'm so against this, or this, this sounds awful, or this God or goddess sounds terrible. I think it's just my experiences with other heathens have kind of like left a really bad taste in my mouth, um, and unfortunately. And you understand that, that, and yeah, and that's the tricky part because for me, it's like my whole life I've spent like, <sighs> trying to not like get into conflicts with people and sort of like becoming what they needed me to be or just being like almost making myself invisible and I'm at the point in my life now Ralph that I'm like I'm over this and I want to like feel stronger and be more present with myself and who I really am and especially like for raising children or like being a teacher I want to be like a good model for you know being proud of who you are and showing that you know as part of a huge movement of people that are like done hiding and being invisible. So I think it's become clear to me that, you know, I sort of figured out the art and I have like the, the journey that I'm on and the path, like that's clear for me now. Now I have to come back to myself and find my spiritual path because I've not felt good about being agnostic. I feel like I really need to search that some more, but I'd love to hear more from you. Um, so Ralph is the host of an amazing Orglavish <laughs> 
know of an amazing arc lava amazing. okay go for it I'm like ah I, I go to edit and I'm like oh I know I keep trying to make it so I don't have to edit but every time I sit here for like three hours cutting most of what I say out just like why do I keep talking and it's always worked out better if I do interviews at night because I'm like tired and I don't talk as much <laughs> unfortunately for you it is not night time but I was up at four so we'll be all right but anyway, so Ralph is the host of an Erglavish, how do you, Erglavish, an Erglava podcast called Hollis Haven, and it has literally been such a bright light for me, and I have to tell you why, because I am a 100% auditory learner, I have a very difficult time processing and comprehending what I read, it's really, it sucks, it sucks really bad, I want to desperately to devote myself to learning um, through reading, but it's very difficult for me. So it has been honestly magical to hear these traditions and stories come to life through your amazing voice and amazing um, method of stitching together the stories with humor and, and bringing it back to modern day life. It's been really great. I feel like I'm taking a, an amazing class or something or study in her glava practices and traditions and I just love the way you do it so please unless you want to talk about something that we were talking about before and I cut you off I would love to delve into that and how you how you went about like designing the podcast and how you were going to weave together all that stuff well so it it came about my attention span I growing up I was a very early reader um, I was one of those awkward small children who didn't really have any friends and went out in the backyard and made potions with berries and played in the mud and made little, I still have a little basket that I made, that I got, that I made into a mouse house, you know. Nice. And I didn't really have, yeah, I, I didn't really have like human friends. I was outside all the time. When I wasn't outside, yeah. I was reading. So by second grade, I was reading at a college level. Wow. And yeah, I, I I was one of those kids that I just, all I did was read. That's um, amazing. As a result, I, and maybe I haven't gotten diagnosed with anything, so who knows, but I was the stereotypical little professor, you know, autistic spectrum kid. Like I was correcting my teacher on history things in second and third grades. I didn't really, I don't do that. But even though I can read very, very fast, I learned how to read efficiently. Mm -hmm. where you yeah. And the older I've gotten, and the more stressors I've had in my life, and the more I've had to deal with, the worse my recall has become. Mm. So I can still read at the same speed, but now I'm reading the same page five times because I yeah. can't gain the knowledge, even though I still love reading. Mm -hmm. And it became clear that there's there's a need. Not every you know, not everyone learns the same way. Like no. you said, I, some people yes. read by people learn by reading, some people learn by doing, some people learn by, re by listening. Mm -hmm. And while we have a wealth of knowledge for Glova out there yeah. in terms of articles and Facebook groups and websites, this and the other, there wasn't really anything other than the written down. I mean, Rob's done a couple interviews here and there, but nothing really long-term. Yes. After going to Sacred Space, I realized that I got so much out of going to the workshops and listening to people and taking notes while I was listening to them. I was like, this would be a really good way to get the info out there. Um, it doesn't hurt that 
two of my friends are also podcasters and now you're podcasting too. So I was like, yes. Corey, Corey's been pushing me for the past three, four years to like right. get on the wagon. Cause I mean, Corey, that's what he does. New World Witchery is very good at trying to push little baby birds out of the, out of the nest. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. And it's my, I, you know, we are, we, we joke that, you know, we're, we're very reverent with our irreverence. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, there, there is a time for joy in life mm-hmm. and recognizing it and, and celebrating it and enjoying the moments that you find that joy is, is important. So my entire theory was, okay, this is not going to be a very dry academic thing. Yes, right. I can do a dry academic thing. You know, I've, I've written, I wrote a dissertation for my bachelor's degree, but it's not, it's not me. Right. I'm putting something out there, it's, it's going to be me. Um, and I have kind of a dry, sarcastic sense of humor. And yes. <laughs> I, 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 I'm like, I'm not going to change that. I'm not going to be somebody that is not me. Because like you, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm coming to that point in my life where I'm like, I need to be me. Mm-hmm. I can't keep doing what everybody else expects. I need to be right. Me. So mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense for me to try to do a show that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And it, it reflects my my somewhat lack of technical skills. You know, there's no music on it yet. Um, I'm, I'm still using GarageBand and very, very simple editing. But it's You're so about- much ahead of me, though, using Zoom. And I don't even have an intro. It's so funny. It sounds so good and polished, though. I was listening to it the first time. I was like, whoa. I was like, I feel like I'm listening to Terry Groves. It was so comforting. Just your your voice. And it sounds like, I know, I have one, too. I just don't use it. The, the, Yeti, the Yeti and the pop, the pop screen do a wondrous thing. <laughs> but I mean, it sounds like, it sounds like, it doesn't sound scripted, but it sounds like you've, like, really spent time practicing oh, but I totally I write every single thing down oh, every doesn't word sound like yeah. you're reading but it's sound and I love because I talk so fast and I'll find when I'm editing like I literally can't find a pause yeah like I can't find a break in my conversation to cut it and I usually have to like cut a half word of myself but I just I find it so relaxing and soothing and honestly during this time it, it has been a bright light because I'm like sitting here going out of my mind and I'm like this is really nice to listen to and then I can do other things too. Yay because I also talk insanely fast. I, when I was a kid I would talk so fast literally I would get tongue-tied and my mother my own mother couldn't understand me because I would talk that fast. Yeah. And I had speech therapy because I couldn't do my S's and my Z's and, this, that, and yada yada. Yeah. But as a result I've had to really work on it. Yeah. And going to a performing arts school even mm-hmm. though I wasn't on the acting track, you still, you still get exposed to just some of the methodology. Oh, do you? I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I oh, mean, cool. my, I mean, Lipa, my my university is a performing arts school in in Liverpool, and even though I was on the management course, you're still expected to take one module every year. That's so cool. That is not on your degree course. Mm-hmm. So you know, I was, I was helping the community artists and we were helping to design sets and you would, you would take, you know, an acting module. So it teaches you a lot about presence and voice projection and just timing. 
Yes. And, and when you're sitting there doing stage management, you're seeing the same play 15 uh -huh. times and you're seeing how they change the inflection or they change their timing just ever so slightly. And so you see the impact of how every little change tweaks something. Yes. And just the art of that, the, the art of acting impacted me. I mean, I've, I've delved, I've, I've, I've given, oh, it's been rough. It, I, I feel bad for my partner right now because I've, I have gone head headlong back into my, my Sherlock Holmes obsession that I had when mm -hmm. I was like 12 with Jeremy Brett on the Granada production of Sherlock Holmes. Only now I'm not only watching it because it's like, oh my God, I want to be him. But it's also watching how it was filmed and how the mannerisms were designed to impact the set and the staging and and all of the interplay. And, and it's just that kind of thing is fascinating to me. So I try to bring that to the podcast. And also I grew up and my father every night would read to us. Yeah. So I got a sense of this is how you you kind of can pace a story so that it takes you somewhere. It, it's a lot almost like a guided meditation in that you need yes. people's brains a chance to process before you move on. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it, um, a guided meditation, because you're not just a podcaster or like a, you know, you're not just reading something that you've written to present. You're, you're storytelling and very actively, and it, there is an art to it. Um, I just, I really enjoy it. And I actually played it for my husband. I was like, the pine cone part, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And he's like, oh yeah, Ziza. And I was like, dude, you never like presented this stuff like this to me at all. Like he just makes it really difficult to enjoy anything because he's just like, no, but he, he's like, no, it's not, it's just like a personality thing. He's just very like, just dry. And he's just like, and he's very, he studied the hell out of stuff and he's a reader. So, you know, we like, we have a difficult time because he'll be like, oh, you should really read this thing. And I'm like, dude, you know, it's just, it's, it's very difficult for me. And it's sad because, you know, um, it's just something that I never kind of got better at, but thankfully now there's podcasts and it's like, oh, thank God. Cause I'm learning so much. Um, and you know, I've always listened to NPR, but I have a really difficult time getting over this hurdle and staying like, you know, present with it's my entire on. thing everyone's like people are like why don't you know more about the norse eddas why you know like because i am i am very specific i am like okay yes. you know orglova comes from a germ is a germanic based religion but yes. i am not norse i am not right you know, everyone's like why don't you know this you're a heathen and i'm like i'm not one of those heathens see that's I, where <laughs> I, yes i could force myself to read the poetic edda but i don't really have any interest in it and if i don't right. have any interest in I'm not going to read it. Or Same. if I do, I'm not going to retain any of it. Right. And that's that's why the podcast is the way it is. It's, it's yeah. never going to be terribly academic because even though I can do the academic, academic is not for everybody. Right, right, right. Yes. And it is not for me. Thank you very much. It is and definitely. It also, the other the other thing behind the, the phrasing and the, and the theory behind the podcast is something that I, most recently John Beckett put it best. Um, he said that, you know, you, you need clergy, you need priests, but you also need the plumber in the front seat of the church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you need everyone there because otherwise, what's the point? And it's like, yeah, 
you know, you, great. You're going to go, you know, I, you're going to be a priestess for CISA. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be a priest? If you're going to be a priestess for CISA and you are going to do the historical priestly duties of maintaining a shrine for her and doing votive offerings and that kind of thing, good. There's also, in the modern sense of being a priest or a priestess, that you are going to minister to the people who need assistance. Mm-hmm. So you're going to act more like a, a Christian clergyman. Right. Woman. And there's a, there's a need for that. Mm-hmm. But if you have a group of religious believers, not everyone is going to be clergy. Right, right, People right. People have their own home votive offerings. People are going to have, I show up for Sege, you know, at the high holy days and we go from there and there's room there's room in the religion for everybody there's room for all of those people and you need to be able to figure out how to reach them all right right some people great reading stuff some people don't some people dive headlong and you know have altars all over their houses and <laughs> some people i mean i i say this as i look at the main altar along the staircase and the yule tree that my partner made out of copper wire with 12 oh. voted colors. Whoa. I'll put up a picture on Facebook. Yeah, it's like two and a half feet tall That's of all. So amazing. Copper wire, 3D, 12 votive candle holders, like whole nine yards. But oh. we, have, we have small shrines and altars all over the house just because okay. I was doing this instinctively. And then I realized, oh, yes. that's an altar. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's not just. But I was that I was that kid that collected the the little bits of rock and stone, and yes. I had things in my pockets, and I always carried them with me, and I had the necklace that never came off because yes. I needed to wear it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's but like that, ritual. Everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's me. That is not going to be everybody. So yeah. it's a matter of folks can read the books and get stuff out of them, but if folks don't want to read the books or looking for something else, then they got the podcast. Well, I love it. It's been really great. So you have, is it seven episodes? I just tried to count them, but I had a scroll. Uh, Let me see. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, seven. Yeah, I'm working Looks on like, the Yule episode right now. Oh, perfect. So they're going to be following um, mainly the different celebrations. and. Well, I'm getting through. So right now, Yule takes us through, I mean, it's going to be for Yule, which starts on the 8th, which I'm like, ah, I need to get this going. I know. Uh, but for Yule, Yule, and then Berchtesalauf, which falls on New Year's Eve. And then the next one after Berchtesalauf is, it's really in Schnaning, which takes us back to where we first, the, the first episode. So after, after this one, I'm trying to figure out how we're going to go about next. I think it might dive more into like the herbal side of things or the, you know, the, the practical mm-hmm. side of things. Like, hey, you know, this is, we always talk about how it comes from agriculture. Okay, this is what we're working on right now. This is what our forebearers might have been working on. If you don't have even like a little tiny garden plot, this is what you can be doing. Right, right. Um, but the, the first year seemed like a good idea to get through the year and give folks sort of touch points so that they kind of know where they're at going through the cycle of the year. Yes. I also have a feeling that we're going to be getting into more Helix talk come Enstaning just because it will be a, it will be the same time of the year as it was last year, but it will not be the same time because 
a year will have passed and time is a helix. And even though the date's the same, it's never really the same day. Right. Um, And that's, that's interesting for people that don't know what the helix is. Can you just um, go into a little, like a tiny bit. Now, would you say spiral as well? Because I was listening to um, a podcast, Sharon Blackie, do you know who she is? No. Oh my goodness. There's a podcast that I need to find. This woman, I just stumbled upon her from my friend Ruthie's um, recommendation. I'm Welsh and Ruthie is super into um, Celtic mythology and this woman's super, um, a super authority on it, (laughs) super. She's um, out in Ireland and she's all about the mythology, but um, I just really like the way she talks about it. And I thought of you right away because um, well, you and Arglava, because she talked about how people have come to her. She's really into like um, women, particularly within the Celtic mythology, and de- um, dismantling the idea that it's all like warrior. And and I know with heathens that ha- comes up a lot because a lot of people think of like the warrior thing, and they always forget about the other complexities and wonderful relationships. Um, and it's sort of similar in that way. But the thing that I really liked that she said, and you should check her out, um, she was interviewing, um, I think she's, she's a Native American, I think Navajo tribe. This woman was incredible. Now she was like more aligned with what I intuitively do her traditions and it was really cool but she was giving advice on like what western women particularly because the podcast is set up for women um can do to that don't have um heritage in this in this in this land because we're not from here and then she talked about creating your own mythology and i thought that was so powerful because she then said that she had someone on her website say hey a lot of these stories are about men and women and i'm a trans person and where do I fit in? And she said to them, and I thought this was so smart because that's such like a question that could like, it just cuts so deep, you know? And she said to this person and, and on the podcast, she shared that she said, um, you create your own, like you start your own stories and mythology. And that's what Orglava reminds me of because it's something that grew, you know, from someone's brilliant imagination and, and being able to and this is where he's so gifted. He pulled all these threads and, and like wove them together. And, and then wow. the thing is when you have those threads and then you feel, find out that you don't actually have to weave them all together because you right. just need to find the pattern of the weaving. Yes. 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 And, and that ties, that ties straight into, and it's, it's funny because the, the, the entire spiral thing is it, it, the spiral and the helix are the same and yet they're different mm. in that in, especially in, in Celtic art, you mm-hmm. see you see that spiral. You see yeah. the spiral with the Shilinigig. You see the spiral carved on the standing stones up in Scotland and all the way down in Cheshire and all the way down in Devon. You see the spiral, but you're see- seeing it in 2D. Right. There's no reason to believe it, that it wasn't a 2D representation of what was conceptually a 3D. Um, and this is where time gets wibbly wobbly. Dr. Who was right. Time is just, it's wibbly wobbly. That's so good. I can't come up with a better description. I mean, (laughs) it just is because the, the way, the way it has been shown to me and it, a lot of this, it, it, it meshes in because I'll come up with, 
I'll, I'll spout something off. I'll be like, what do you think, Rob? And Rob's like, well, actually, the research says, that, and I'm just, something downloads into my brain, and then it's like, oh, snap, there's actual, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I'm not just like, shit up. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's coming to me, but it's, I'm not just making this up because then we're finding it backtracked. So in Orglova, there's the, the concept of partial soul rebirth. So you don't, you know, you, 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 and I, this is where it's, you know, we're, we're reverent with our irreverence. I mean, I, I love talking about soul goop. I just love it. I just freaking love it. But because a soul doesn't necessarily get scooped out all at once, your soul construct can go into multiple different bodies. Right. Parts of that one soul can be, who knows how many people it could, it could end up in. Which means that parts of you are living when parts of you are not living which means that parts of you will come back again. So time as a social construct simply is time as a social construct. Time, you are living in all places and all times because you can't say that part of you is not there. So when you look at you know, the, the cyclical year as we conceptualize it, okay, it is a wheel, but it is also on an axis that's where the helix comes from. Mm -hmm. So if you, and it, it also ties in, it's like, okay, basically what, what is a helix? A helix, DNA is a, is a double-stranded helix. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. So you've got your DNA strands of the helix that then in 2D are shown as a spiral. And the spiral is an easier way to conceptualize the idea mm -hmm. that all time is existing at all times, mm -hmm. because otherwise your brain just kind of explodes. I mean, every time I dig into it, I'm just like, this, this, this hurts. Yes. <laughs> this, this physically makes my brain. <laughs> it's like I can hear the cogs just grinding to a halt. <laughs> but that's. That's also where, and, and when you get into like the larger construct of it, this is where it starts getting really wackadoo out there sounding. But if you, most, most witchy, pagany, heathen-y, whatever, whatever word you, you choose to describe, most people acknowledge that there is, you know, there are things that we cannot understand and there are places we cannot necessarily understand that have things associated with them, whether people call them portals or zones or whatever. Imagine you've got a stick going through the helix on an angle, connecting all of those different places and all of those different times. I mean, Stargate did it, but if you put a if you put a stick through that helix, you can connect those different places. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people are coming up with when they go, "Oh wow, you know, like you, you go out to a certain place and this, you know, you go out to the woods." Like with me, you, you go to Ringing Rocks, you you go to Hexenkopf, you you find these places, and you're like, "There is something more than meets the eye here." Yes, yes. And yes. it's, I think it's part of the helix just kind of popping through because they are, there is more going on there than we can conceptualize. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And even in the, you know, the, the concept of deja vu, it explains a hell of a lot of that. Oh yeah. It's something popping through. Yeah. Um, and some folks, some cultures look at it as a spiral. And with me, it's, it's, 
it's the helix and the helix won't leave me alone. It, it just keeps <laughs> every, every holiday. I'm just like, okay, what, what is it going to be now? <laughs> like, sure. People are going to get sick of hearing me talk about this, but okay. This is, and in discussion, that's, that's the funniest thing. It's like, there are times when I'm like, I need to just record what I'm saying because five minutes later it's gone. Yeah. Like I'll try to take notes and it's, it's just gone, which is one of the reasons why the podcast has been so helpful. Cause I just, when something pops into my brain, I jot it down on my phone or a little piece of paper and then I can actually get it into a, a fully formed thought later. Right. Right. Yeah. That's super frustrating. I drive myself mad with that, you know, especially the busier you get. What is it? The hurrier I get, the behinder I become or something like something like that. I should know this, but right. so true. It's so, so true. I feel like as soon as I have too much on my plate, like cortisol takes over and I'm completely mushed. Like I just can't function. <laughs> I just start yelling and throwing stuff. <laughs> no, I don't throw anything. I generally tend to either just like blue screen, yes. get really, really quiet and just like try to plug away. Mm -hmm. But either way, it, the, the higher thought functioning just goes out the window and then it's just I've done survival mode. Yeah. And you know what? It's hard too, because I think during this whole quarantine time, and we've really been really quarantining, um, you know, I keep saying, I feel like I've been in crisis mode for 10 months, like just trying to protect everybody and be really careful. There's, there's not been any time, like I've seen, listen, I'm the first, I'm calling y'all out. I've seen people, my friends and family, like taking breaks in the summer, going and doing what they would normally do. And we just never did. So we're just like, we're like, you know, it just becomes like, it's not great for your body. You know, it's very stressful for me. Um, so I don't know, but yeah, it's been a nice bright light to have this come to me during this time. And I kind of stumbled upon it. I don't even know. I don't even think I saw a post about it or anything. I just kind of saw it, I think in, in the podcast, in um, the Apple podcast app. So people can find you on the Apple podcast app and also probably. I'm on um, Spotify. I'm in Spotify. Apple podcasts app. I'm still trying to make Google play nice because they keep, every time I submit all the credentials, they're like, Oh, you need this extra credential. I'm like, I did that last time. Um, hello. I haven't, haven't got on the yet and all that stuff. It, Google, and then there was this weird podcatcher that was like, oh, we'll totally put you in if you pay us. And I'm like, screw you. I'm not what? paying anybody. Yeah, I know. Like, no. You should be getting paid. This is great. Like, like, I'm not paying anybody to get listed. Sorry. Like, I ain't got no Patreon. I'm not getting supported by NPR. No. Like, mm -mm. I'm doing this for for the heck of it. Yeah. I'm doing Same. it out there because as, as frustrating as it is sitting there editing and going, yeah. oh my God, I talked too fast again. I need to re-record that section. Oh no. <laughs> oh, why, why did I just, I need a glass of water. Why did I just stumble over that word? I know that word. Uh, <laughs> I know. Well, it doesn't sound like you make any mistakes. It sounds so good. It sounds like so polished, but not like boring polished. But I like that the humor infused in and I like the little nuances. I just really enjoy it a lot. I like the way that you deliver it. It's just a nice delivery. It's really, really been fun to listen to, especially um, just personally, like, especially the stories about getting through the darker times um, during the year and having something to sort of guide you through that. 
has been really nice because really, I mean, the whole quarantine hasn't been totally awful, you know, with the nice weather, it wasn't so bad, the garden, things like that, that we could enjoy. But we're going into very cold and very dark time in Pennsylvania here. And, um, you know, mourning the loss of the garden has been difficult. You know, that's, that's something that's always kind of tricky, but a lot trickier this year. And I don't know, it's just been a nice thing to look forward to and and gives me some hope. So it's been nice to follow along and sort of re-acclimate myself to why I became interested in the first place um, in Orglava. But I do find like what you were talking about, these things that I do intuitively, and then it makes a lot of sense once I have something to sort of um, compare it to. And then it feels so much more powerful when, when it's steeped in tradition, which is really neat. And, and that's my entire thing. It's like I instinctively did things as a kid and, you know, I didn't really understand why. And, yes. and then you, you have like the, the weird, you know, the, the, the weird experience that, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, this is the, like, that, does, oh, did that really just happen? Like, okay. <laughs> um, then you realize, oh, okay, there is a framework for this to actually, you know, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I might be insane, but at least I'm yeah. not crazy this. A little insane, right? We're all a little bit. <laughs> I mean, there there was a farm across the street from my dad's house growing up. You know, it was like, I mean, it was Montgomery County. Like, we had cow farms. We had, you mm-hmm. know, where I grew up, it was, they, Souderton did the, the town meetings in Dyke until the 40s. Wow. And then they because of World War II. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, there there was... we were like six miles from where my my mother's first Deitch ancestors settled in this country like you know they were late my period but I realized like I was always like I'm getting out of this area I'm moving away I'm never coming Mm -hmm. back I kept ending up up coming back and now where we're at is like five miles from the first the first homestead I'm like oh okay I guess that's why I have to keep coming back yeah I'm tied to this land in some way yes but the farm across the street they, I mean, they sold it off and it, they turned and built a fucking Walmart and whatever. Mm-hmm. But they had left the little, you know, farmhouse wow. right by the, by the street. They left a farmhouse in the pine trees that were around it. I mean, 15, 20 years later. And I was at my dad's house. It was probably maybe five years ago. And I was in the back, you know, he's, he's not right across the street. He's in a little cul-de-sac, you know, it's 1980s neighborhood construction whatever mm-hmm. or probably like 500 600 yards from the street and then the farm was across the street and all of a the sudden there was this and i knew no one else heard it like i there was i was like there's no way anyone else is hearing this all i was hearing was screaming <gasps> just absolute wailing and gnashing of teeth and screaming like like oh. wailing banshees and i was like what the hell is going on mm-hmm. and i walked out the door and they were cutting down all of the pine trees. Oh my gosh. And I, I just looked and I could hear the sound of the chainsaws, mm-hmm. but I was also hearing the sound of screaming. Mm. And I realized that it was the trees. Mm. And I went, okay, this is, this, this, yeah, the, yeah, okay. And I, I looked at them and I, you know, I, I said goodbye and I'm sorry. And mm-hmm. I, I, but I, I, and I looked at them and I said, I, I, I can't be here for this. And I had to close the door. And it was just, I walked back in. I was probably white as a sheet. It, it was, yeah. it was deeply 
Because, I mean, I'd already been, you know, a witchy person for mm-hmm. like 15 years at that point. And yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> okay, there's, there's more to this. <laughs> but my, my practice is deeply tied to the land. Like, I, I, yes. we're in a house now that I did not pick this house. This house picked me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick this land. This, the London plane tree out back picked me. Yes. You know? Yes. For sure. Driving through that porch every day. I feel more protective of that land than I don't, I, I can't even comprehend what else. You know, I, I think of that land as much as I think of, you know, some random dog running up in the street and attacking my dog. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're going to, you know, attack, you're going to, you're going to speed through my land. This is sacred land. You can fuck off. Uh, yeah. You're going to go on trails and, and going through the woods where there's no trail. Get back on the damn trail. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're ripping branches off that tree. You can go, you can go jump in a creek. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's the protective atmosphere, the, the protective sense the sense of this is my land and I am its. It, finding Orglova made a lot more sense that I could be that tied to a place yeah. because it had always been kind of strange. It's like, okay, yes, there are sacred sites, you know, in, in every flavor of, of witchcraft and heathenry and paganism, there's, oh, there is a sacred site and you, you can be a steward of the land. And it never really resonated with just how deeply felt it was yeah um especially since i don't have that kind of tie to my dad's house you know, yeah. the house i grew up in, the house where my mother died like i'm not you know it's good land i have a very good relationship with birch tree out front you know i am i am it's human but mm-hmm. the land itself not so much um whereas here Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My dad's like, oh, you know, the market's great. You could look at selling your house and, and, and getting something nicer. And I'm like, no, Mm-mm. no, no, don't, don't think that would go over well. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't, I don't think they'd be happy with that one. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's so cool. And I can really identify with that because, um, you know, I grew up in Bucks County my whole family has lived here in Berks County now, the Ole Valley, like we go back to the, like the Turks and the, um, the Fishers. I mean, some of the first settlers in this area, which is freaking crazy and incredible. But my mom moved away um, when she was a teenager. And, you know, I understand why, and I understand it, but it's so interesting because I felt, and I didn't as I was growing up, but once I became more um, centered spiritually, I felt really drawn to this area especially once when I met Hunter and we were visiting Oli a lot, um, I just felt like there was this definite, a pull in the area that was so palpable. I couldn't stand being away. Like I couldn't live not being close to it. And we don't live right in Oli, but we're close enough. But I am very, very um, in love and committed to my home and the tree outside. We have an Arborvita that is humongous. It's so tall. It's like, we call it the Van Gogh tree. And, and even though we have three bedrooms and three kids and not really enough room, like I have said many times, I will not leave this house. This is my home. I fa- like it found me, I found it. And it's like, definitely, I feel that so hard. And it doesn't have to be perfect. And it doesn't have to look like what you might think it would look like, you know, in your head, but 
it's like, you know, and it clicks and that's incredible. And I think I can feel that so hard. And um, yeah, I don't think it would go well. It's just, sure, I guess, you know, it's an inanimate object, I guess, but I don't really believe that. And, and, you know, it's funny because it goes back to how Rob would talk about um, Frahala and tending to your home. It really spoke deeply to me. And I really always hold that very true. Um, now, since meeting him and, and attending the rituals, um, it's really important to me to have ritual for my home and also care for it. I mean, it's really tricky balancing everything, but I do have a lot of pride in my home and I do want to honor her. And she's the one that just sticks for me. I just, um, a lot of the other deities, I don't feel as close to, but she's the one that really sticks, you know? So. With, it's funny because like there's, there's, there's hollows, you know, like Rob's a hollows man. Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, Michelle, hollows woman. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I realized that, oh, right yeah no it's it's it i i got i i got stuck in a good way because it kicked my ass enough that i'm not getting my ass kicked anymore <laughs> um, but berta uh, berta has been huge for me and it was not that was not what i expected because growing up you hear about frahola and the, mm -hmm. the best spreads and this and the other and I realized why Berkta, you know, Hala is about the orderliness of the house and the home, but Berkta makes you get your mind straight. Mm. I mean, they, they work in tandem, you know. Yeah. Studies have shown that if your house is tidy, you've got a, an easier, you know, your mind tends to be more organized because it's not dealing with all the clutter that it's seeing in the background. Yeah. Yes. So they work together like that, but Berkta is very much about orderliness of the mind and making sure that you've got your priorities straight and that you can you can rationally think things through and as someone that's dealt with mental health issues in the past mm -hmm. I was like oh yeah okay that's why her but then I also realized that it, it, it was one of those clue by force where you're like oh snap why did I not see that until now yeah. um, <laughs> but I feel like you're saying it and I'm like wait a second maybe I'm wrong like <laughs> it's like they're they're sisters they're so similar it's like yes. Hala, Hala pops in from time to time with me but she's not the the ever constant presence whereas if i if i look around yeah yeah okay you know there's 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 a goose print um character's never really far away yeah but avicar jaeger i growing up growing up so orion and and this is my my UPG thing, but Orion was the first. He's pretty much the only constellation I can still see. He's the only constellation I can ever consistently pick out. Um, but ever since I was ten or eleven years old, he was my man. He was my man, which is also the same name that I gave the German smoker man that my mom's mom brought back from Germany when we were like three or four. My sister got one, and I got one. Oh wow! And mine was a hunter with a bagged rabbit, you know, he had bagged a rabbit, he had a rabbit, he's got a rabbit on his shoulder, he's got his rifle, he's got his, his hunting dog, and he was my smoker, he was my smoker man, but he was only just ever my man, and when I realized the connection between Ithaca Jaeger, the eternal hunter, 
and driving the rabbits back over the Blobar to save the settlers, I just kind of went, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then, this is, this is something that's been around much longer in my life than I ever realized. Because when you're four, you're not thinking about that kind of stuff most of the no, time. That's so wild. But it's a matter of okay. So I I got I got the I got the scary ones. You know, mm -hmm. I got I got the, the super liminal will like rip your face off ones. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the ones who he may be the god of death, but he's also the one that saved the settlers when they realized that they really, really fucked up. Yeah, that was a really cool story, by the way. That was really, and, really cool. And it's just it's such digging into that one this year, it was like, holy crap, there is way yeah. more to this than just, oh, you know, we got Scrapple out of it. You know, it's way more than, oh, they repented. It's, it's, it is a metaphor for the entirety of Western culture. Yeah. It was like, oh. Yes. You know, 2020 blew that wide open for me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> when is oh, the breeding going to stop, right? Like, it just giving. More. Oh my god. 2020 is the gift that keeps on giving. Oh my goodness. No, that it's was, <laughs> Sorry. huge, you know? It was like I was like, oh snap. And one of the I mean, they're not there's there's two members of they're they're not even distal think members. They're they've got their own sip shop down in Delaware. Mm -hmm. And we were just because of quarantine and not being able to see people, we were doing um well it was Discord chats, but we were doing like on a Sunday, if I was, if, if my schedule worked with them, because I have to work weekends, we would set up a time and we would just like shoot the breeze and like, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, and, and sometimes it was all global stuff. And sometimes it was just like, yo, what's the cat doing? Um, <laughs> but we, he's also, he's, he's also, you know, Dave the Krieger has pretty much claimed him too. Mm. And we were just like, oh shit. Like we were, we were just going back and forth and we real and the realization came and it was like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, this is way bigger. Mm. Um, but at the same time, just because it's a, a big thing, it doesn't mean you can't have any fun with it. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, you gotta be able to enjoy, even, even if you're getting smacked upside the head with a, with a clue by four, there's some enjoyment out of the fact that you, you finally, you finally got it. You know? Yeah. Finally, yes. Um, and yeah. that's that's a lot where I get the, the joy from because it's like, oh shit, I figured yeah. that out. And then you go yeah. back and you look at the lore, and you're like, oh yeah, I did figure that out. Yeah, I I totally know what you mean, and it feels like the growth is the payoff for the struggle. And I think through all of this, I mean, I don't remember anything like this ever in my life. I mean, there hasn't been it's so monumental and so such a poignant time in our lives and you know i think from it the growth just personally speaking um just looking at life so differently i mean the only thing i can compare it to which i really can compare it to and this goes back to the mental illness which i really need to look more into jaeger um because yeah, maybe I'm just directing, maybe I'm just pointing in the wrong direction, but it's hard to avoid her because there's so much elder outside of my home. <laughs> it's like surrounding my home, basically offensive elder. Um, mm. But what I was going to say, the only thing I can really compare it to is after I had my children, each one, there was a time of 
um, postpartum anxiety that was like super intense and your world becomes very small. Well, for me, at least this is my experience where I could only focus on like making sure that child was alive. And that's like, I couldn't drive. Like I couldn't do many things. I was basically paralyzed except for focusing on that child. And that's kind of how this feels. And, and in a way it's nice I mean, certainly it's not nice, but in a way it's nice for my personal growth to just slow the fuck down, honestly, and to re, um, reprioritize things that are important. Like I said, I mentioned about gathering again and how fulfilling that was and to put that, to put that as a priority to take care of myself and also take the time to commit to a spiritual path because I need it, but I've been avoiding it because I really hate conflict and it's been straight conflict for me my whole life with religion and it's very and and it's so much easier you know it's like it's so much easier to just hold things inside and not share them sometimes in fear of rejection or um, confrontation but it's it's just gotten to a point where you know a lot of my friends have been very vocal about you know if you're i don't know how people are phrasing it but if you're standing by you're basically and a say, what's the word that I want? Like an accomplice to the crime. You know, if you're not, if you're not being active, then you're being passive. That's if, so <laughs> if, if you're not actively resisting, you're being complicit. Yes, complicit, not passive. Complicit. Thank you. That's what I meant. I yeah. word, I word things. Yeah, and and the thing is, I'm a very, very much introverted person. So like, I can't hide under my rock anymore because it's just not serving myself and the things that I, that I believe in or serving my community or my family. And like I said about modeling, but um, yeah, complacency, even if you think you're just trying to keep the peace, it's not sometimes it, I mean, it's like a tightrope, you know, but anyway, so that's interesting. And um, yeah, I mean, my thing is it's this entire it, it's funny because it was like, oh, you know, you, you, you grow up with the, the expectation that you're going to want to advance and you're going to want to blah, blah, and get the promotion and this, this, that, and the other. And closing for the shutdown yes. and then working home for six weeks and then being furloughed for two weeks before going back really, it reinforced the things that it's not socially acceptable right. to want. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't want to leave my goddamn house. No. No, I don't want to, you know, going going out and, and getting, you know, getting the promotion and working my ass off in end stage capitalism, I'm realizing is that that no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I hear you. Yeah. You know, um so now my my pain point, my challenge, my growth is figuring out how to not mm -hmm. have to do that. Um because it is much more fulfilling for me to, you know, go out and talk to my plants and mm -hmm. gather my allies so that I can make, you know, my burn sap, so that I can make my, my bruise salves, yes. so that I've got the plantain for when I need it, mm -hmm. you know. So now my, my challenge is, okay, I need to, you know, I've, I've always been, and everyone goes, oh, you're so great with people and you love people. I'm like, yes, I love people, but I need to recharge. Yes. It, I love people. I love being around people. I can be, you know, I, I tell, I tell kids at work all the time. 
and they're like, oh, you're so great with it. And, and you're like, you're bubbly and you're friendly and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, and it's all an act. Amen. It was like, Wait, not amen. Life, not amen. life is drag. Yes. Life yes. is an act. Yes. And they, they just stare at me. I'm like, <laughs> you, you, and there, there have been some, some folks where I'm like, I'm comfortable enough that I, I look at them and I go, you think you know me? Yeah. Yes. You know what I allow you to know me. You, mm-hmm. you don't actually know me. Yes. And I think that the hope that I have that what people have realized from this year is that they've done some of the work to realize what they do need. Mm-hmm. Um, to realize when they are putting on that, that stranger mask. Mm. Um, it there there are oftentimes a lot there there pop culture has some nuggets of, of real truth and i mean billy joel's the stranger that song has a lot of real truth mm-hmm. you know it's not just a, it's not just a pretty pop song um, yeah. i've i've gotten a lot of of hard truths and holy shit moments when i'm driving listening to music and a yeah. song comes on and i it it clicks and unfortunately you're driving 70 miles an hour on the highway so you can't pull over and make a notice to like what the, the realization was and then you're like it's gone you get you, you know you, you get to work and you're like ah it's gone um but i hope what and and we'll see you know i i as much as i am not an eternal optimist the the eternal optimist part of me hopes that people have taken the time to go okay and sit back and and do some deep thinking this year. Yeah. Based on how many people are not socially distancing and no. still going out to do Oh my God. I, I my optimism. <laughs> but oh honestly, it's really hard. It's hard to hopefully watch. They it. At some point they should stop, hopefully. Hopefully they'll stop at some point. <laughs> Just ignoring it. But anyway we are we are blessed though in that we live in a time where we can work remotely and we can get food in very creative ways and I am very very grateful for that I've just I've really tried to switch my like intense fear and anxiety about this into gratitude which seems really like cliche and like super silly but I mean I need to do that in order to not drown because I can feel myself i can almost like actually palpably feel myself starting to slip into like a spiral it feels like like a black hole and i'm just like no like people depend on me which really has has really has really turned a lot of my life into a 360 where you know when you have to care for others including plants and including a home and you have these duties and responsibilities, it just shifts, you know, your, your um, ability to be able to pull yourself out of the black hole, I feel like anyway. So that's helped me a lot. Um, but yeah, it's nice because, you know, your podcast and other things just connecting me spiritually have become like a beacon and a light 
for me to look to um, when I'm feeling like that. And I feel like I'm in a hole. So I really appreciate all the work you're doing, Ralph. And your voice is so soothing. And um, I can't wait for the new one to come out because honestly, I'm like, oh, okay, well, like, and please, like, how can we help support the uh, podcast and the efforts? And and the Frahala um, figure or doll, I'm like, I need to do a doll. That's so beautiful. Is that Hala, right? And then yep. who else do you have? The image uh, for the podcast. Um, I just love the little, I love the altars, you know, I'm like. That's actually right in our kitchen. I am so into altars. I have, like you said, I've been creating altars my whole life and had no idea what I was doing. I, I tend to be like very intuitive. Um, yep. And I think now it's just, I'm turning 40 and it's like, okay, yeah, you've been really intuitive and you've gotten really good results up until now. But now I'm feeling like I really need that sense of community as well. And uh, so I just, I just pulled up the image. So I'm like, I can't yeah. remember what picture. Is. <laughs> I so love that figure. That is actually a hand felted, hand needle felted Krahala that I got from a gal down in Kentucky on Etsy, who sadly is no longer doing needle felting like that. Oh my that. gosh, it's beautiful. Because I she was a, a custom, a custom make. Because I, I saw her work and I was like, look, can you do beautiful. me a Krahala? And she is, she is amazing. To the that left, actually, a it's a it's a Belschnickel that I got at Kutztown at the Folk Fest two years ago. Uh, it's a little pewter Belschnickel, but it looks like he's missing one eye. And to me, Voodon is not necessarily Woden. You know, he's not necessarily missing one eye, but there is definitely a, a trickstery kind of Belschnickly aspect. Yes. And, and the research has proven that the Belschnickel probably does, you know go back to Voodon at some point but he just kind of called to me as as Voodon mm -hmm. and then on the right man that that is my German smoker man oh he's no way yes oh my god four years old well that's that, so that, so cool. turned into Avicar Jaeger like that that is my man that's um, super cool. and then the, the piece of quartz in front is just the hunk of quartz because quartzite is associated with hall and it's also really useful for you know collecting energies and sort of magnifying them a little bit but that's that's literally the the altar right by our kitchen table oh my gosh that's so amazing and you know what it's so funny my son saw this picture because i was showing i was playing the pine cone part um and he's like oh look mama hexine just by that little border and i was like yes we're doing something right here <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. Yes, I feel like a, that's probably a, an Ivan Hoyt, right? Hoyt. It's a Hoyt yes. that I got in 2017 at Kutztown. It's the, yes. uh, the leaf. Oh, God. It's I the oak leaf. I love him so much. He's wonderful. He's yeah, a wonderful I, I saw it. I saw it and I was like, I need that. I need that now. Yes. I need that. <laughs> that is mine. That's incredible. I love that. Oh, gosh. I just could alter. I could just do alters all day. I love I love. I love that so much. And it's funny because my studio, like, it's all an altar, basically. <laughs> it's just like all altar. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just I can't not alter everything. But yeah, so I don't know if I was at the ritual that you might have first been at. Like, is that possible? But I was there early on when you had sort of first. It was... Well, I tried to make it to Pete's for Ala Leafit Seal, and then I got lost. And it was obviously not the right year that I was supposed to join. Yeah. Because I made it all the way up to Fleetwood from Lower Montgomery County. Oh, geez. 
And my phone, I made it all the way up to like Main Street in Fleetwood and my phone bricked and I lost the address and I spent an no. hour and a half driving through because uh -huh. all I knew was that it was going to be a bunch of cars parked somewhere and there were going to be some New Jersey license plates. <laughs> that was all I knew. So I worked on Fleetwood for like an hour trying to find a bunch of cars and I couldn't find it. And I managed to, I managed to get home safely without GPS and got my phone back up. But wow, that was... That was, I'll leave it to 2015. And then I finally made it to Hoyt in, that was in Delaware, 2016. Okay, so, so you Delaware. were, I think you were at Alleleve it Seal or. I've never been. Either Alleleve it Seal. Well, no, but I, the next one I went to was Alleleve it Seal and that was at Pete's again. So it might have been there. Yeah, Pete's. Yeah, it was definitely at Pete's, but I just remember. I remember you very well because I remember thinking, wow, she's very, very um, eloquent in how she speaks. You know? My, my mama was a teacher. My mama was a teacher and made sure that we we knew how to talk. Yes. Um, she, got sent, she got sent to elocution lessons when she went to college because she was from Philadelphia and they could not have that accent. Oh my gosh, my um, grandma too. Fascinating. She was a scholarship girl. Wow. My mom was a scholarship girl on the Upper East Side in the late 60s at a at a, a private girls' college. Wow. And they sent her to elocution classes. Yep. Even if she was a scholarship girl and even if she was from Philadelphia, she would not sound like that. That's incredible. Um, so she was always very aware mm -hmm. of rhythm and cadence and accent and, yes. and everything. And she just kind of drilled it into us because she didn't want us. I mean, I, I don't think she realized that, you know, in like the nineties, you weren't going to have to go to elocution lessons at, at college, wow. but yeah, she didn't want to go through getting shamed for saying water. Right. That and it was the sixties. Cause my grandmother, hers was the forties for the Pennsylvania yep. Dutch accent in West at Westchester. That's wild. Yeah. Wow. Up, my, my mom grew up in Hatfield, you know? Oh yeah. 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 So she was surrounded by, by Deitch. Yep. My, her mother, my, my Oma's first language was Deitch. She learned English as a second language. Same. And when, when she ended up in the nursing home with dementia, she reverted it and she lost all of her English. I was the only one that could wow. talk to her because she could only speak Deitch at that point. Wow. So, so my mom's accent must have been interesting to say the least. Yeah. In Philadelphia and the Deitch. Yeah. But they, they drilled it out of her. And that was, you know, 1967. Wow. So That's wild. Things have really she's changed. The one, she's the one that taught me how to speak. She's the one that taught me to be out in the dirt with my hands. Mm -hmm. You know, she was she was the gardener. I mean, my dad's not not so good with that. <laughs> not the gardening. He can he's great with orchids. Um <laughs> That's his saving grace. He's great with orchids, but you try to get him to grow anything else, and it's yeah, no. So I've planted fake plastic flowers. <laughs> I'm about there. Um, I have a question for you. Um, I have had a very hard time with houseplants in my life, and I was yeah. gifted. I was gifted two um, poinsettias, or my, as my Grammy would say, poinsettias, last year, and they have not. They will not, like, they have been through a lot, and I care for them, but I 
am not great with houseplants, but they just won't die. They're so attached to me. And now I got another one from the same neighbor this year. And I'm like, this is apparently my plant and it's found me. And I'm just like, who would have known the poinsettia? <laughs> but they're adorable. Oh, they, they're so they have really so like, their energy is, is very happy, but at the same yeah. time, they're kind of divas. They're like, oh, you need to look at me. A hundred percent. You need to look at me. And these two plants, yes, and these two plants have been through it. They went through this horrible windstorm we had in the summer and they just survived. Like they're just so, they're troopers and they turned green, you know, but now like um, the stems kind of look like bonsai a little bit, like they're wild plants. I really enjoy them, but yeah, that's the only, I've had a really hard time. Plants and herbs are not something that I'm strong in. I would like to get better, but I'm like at the same time, just not sure it's in the cards, but I remember when we visited your house and I forget which um, <laughs> time that was, but I remember being in all of your garden and the plants and, and the care and, and, and tending to them that you do. Um, they're, they're just beautiful. So I'm, I'm really lucky in that my partner is, I, I swear, I mean, it, they're part tree. They are part tree. Um, <laughs> yes. Trained arborist you know, background in botany. Whoa. Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, I'm, I'm spoiled. My, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the, all the landscaping that we've put in, all the grass that we've ripped out, you know, I mean, to, to, to give folks an idea, we've got a quarter acre in, you know, like a not quite downtown, but downtown. Yes. Town. I mean, Phoenixville is not a city, but it's not right. rural we've got a quarter acre and we've got at last count eight blueberry bushes three uh seven loganberry vines three blackberries a four and one apple three elderberries that now have 15 or 20 babies between wow. them. um a birch a dwarf peach I've lost track of how many wine berries because we just let them go. Um, three different stands of, of echinacea for medicinal purposes. Wow. We're, we're ripping out all of the grass. Yes. We put birch in out front. You know, we've got Deitch tea. We've got New Jersey tea. We've got vervain that is taking over the planet because Erda needs her representation. But, <laughs> but a lot of it is we're letting them do what they want yes <laughs> you you find the plants you find their spirits and you let them do what they want you know we've had to negotiate my yeah. <laughs> ground ivy is trying to take over the planet and it's not going to be allowed to take over the planet um so we're, we're setting out some ground rules for next year you know ground ivy is only allowed in the ground ivy bed it's not allowed to take over where the oregano is for culinary use it's not allowed yeah. to take over time for culinary use it's not allowed to take over the medicinal bed you know it, it's it's going to have ground rules next year mm -hmm. um but with us it's more a matter of okay we want natives we want perennials because those are the plants and the spirits that are most aligned to this area so they'll be happier yes then we can let them do their thing mm -hmm. and that in turn makes the land happy and then everybody wins um like my my one concession to 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 pretties 
that are not necessarily native is my father dug up all of the irises my mom had along her side porch. And they're now in our backyard. Oh, that's beautiful. So, you know, I'm, I was like, I'm having irises by God. Yeah. He was like, well, I need to separate them out so you can take them all. And I was like, done, mine. Oh. So they are literally not just irises, you know, for my mom. They are literally my mother's irises. That's um, so cool. But it's, it's a matter of recognizing the plants that are happy and the plants that want to be here and letting them do their thing as opposed to me being particularly good with them because we are horrible with houseplants. Um, yeah. <laughs> either, either both water them or neither of us waters them. That's what or, happens. Or my cat tries to eat them because our one cat loves green things. Like mm -hmm. he begs so he'll, he'll eat anything, you know. So right now we've got two aloe plants and a little baby coffee tree and they're upstairs in the spare bedroom on one of those zip up plastic like greenhouse things because it's the only way to keep them safe from the cats. Yeah, wow. And we've got reminders, you know, every three days we both have reminders set so that we remember to go and water them because out of sight, out of mind. Yes, yes, for sure. Just not good with houseplants. Like the, the Yule tree comes in and you know, we like I'm looking at him right now and I'm like, I'm gonna decorate you later. And he's all happy because he's like, oh, I'm inside and someone likes me. And <laughs> dead. that's kind of the, the sad part yeah you know? it takes them like two or three weeks before they actually realize that they're dead and then it's but he's happy and i'm like okay but keeping keeping the yule tree going for a couple weeks it's like okay i can do that yeah you know? honestly yeah. yeah that's very true we used to have um a live tree but then our allergies got so crazy that it was like we just can't anymore it was uh it was pretty bad but now we just have a lemon tree that we decorate. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh. We have cactus that we decorate. <laughs> hey, I mean, Beck, my partner, it has a pine allergy. And every year, yeah. I mean, they work in a garden center. Every year, yeah. it, it is going to be misery for about a month, month and a half. And it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. But at the same time, we have five cats and I'm allergic to cats. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah, I developed a cat allergy about five years into my oh, to getting rescue kids. That's and awful. I'm like, I, I had had cats my entire life. I'm 40. Mm -hmm. I've had cats my entire life. You know, at 35, I developed a cat allergy. I'm like, I'm not I'm not getting rid of my kids just because I'm allergic yeah. to them. Yeah. So for like three weeks of the year, you know, we both kind of suffer because there's a pine tree in the house and right. kind of dying. And then for the rest of the year, I'm the one that's hacking and <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, we, you know, you give up some things, you know, you sacrifice for sure. My daughter's allergic to pine too. And I'm like, I don't really understand what this means. So the ENT's like, so she shouldn't touch any of your um pine furniture, your pine wood, your your oak. You know, our whole house has oak in it. And I was like, okay, great. It's <laughs> wonderful, but she's been fine. It's like a really mild allergy, but um so Ralph, is there anything else you would like to say before we go? Thank you for having me on because I miss you. I miss you so much. I can't wait to be able to gather again. I feel like it'll be soonish. Maybe. I, so. I really hope so. I know I do too. And I just, I want to say thank you again for joining us and also for the continued support and, um, 
un unconditional support and friendship that you all share um, with me. And I really appreciate that. And, and not, um, you know, never holding it against me that I have terrible commitment issues for joining us. Are you fluent in Pennsylvania Dutch? I didn't know that. Uh, I am somewhat. Um, did, not, not, did not learn it growing up. Right. Started studying it after living in Germany. Nice. So I, I do get confused sometimes between my hawk and my Deutsch. Yes. Um, but the, the big part for me is there's just something about using the language during Sege that feels right. Yes. So learning it makes sense to me in that aspect. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other, the weird aspect of, I shouldn't know how to pronounce this, but it's coming out of my mouth properly. And I don't know how. Well, that um, never happens for me. So you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, obviously this is supposed to happen because it's kind of just randomly happening. It never comes out of my mouth the way it's supposed to sound. Trust me. Good. We all have our, our things that we're good at, right? Yep. <laughs> but listen, please keep the podcast going. I'm obsessed with it. I love it so much. And, and please um, keep doing what you're doing. You've brought such a bright light into the kindred and Gorglava in general. And we love having you. And thank you so much, Ralph, for joining me. It's been Thanks. such a pleasure. Can I sign off the way I always sign off? Yes. Maxima Bessa. Yes, Max Gut.